So this week on Rocket Fuel, we speak to Andy Roberts. Now, Andy has the title of Group Programme Director at KISS. That's a big... He wouldn't call it a radio station. It's what we would call a radio station. He would call it a cross-platform brand because he firmly believes that the brand exists in social media as much as it does as a radio station. The chat that Andy and I have covers relationship with talent, relationship with audiences. We focus on the age of the audience and how much that matters. I hope you'll agree it's a fascinating chat. We went down to One Golden Square where Bauer Radio have their radio studios and the programming side of their business. Um, Take a listen. Let me know what you think. Welcome to Andy Roberts. Andy, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's, it's good. I'm, I don't normally do these sort of things, so it, it, is it right to say it's great to be here? Yeah, um, that's, but, yeah that's cool. That, that's a good start. Tell us what about your role. What does your role encompass? Okay, I'm here at Bauer, I'm a group program director for KISS. Um, the lovely thing about Bauer is you kind of get dragged into all kinds of things. So predominantly KISS is my, my thing. So obviously that includes the main KISS network, uh, history, Kiss Fresh, all the derivatives, events, uh, and then it falls into some other stuff as well. But I've I've, uh, I've certainly worked on a lot of things within the company. Do you see yourself as a Kiss man or a Bauer man? Um, somebody said to me the other day, it's like you know, Kiss is you and you are Kiss, and mm. I'm like, I, I guess so. But Kiss, yeah, it sounds really cliche, but it's, it's bigger than all of us. And and <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I guess if 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 you're going to put something against me, maybe it's Kiss, um, but. You know, I've, I've definitely worked on a lot of products going through the through the years. And you've been part of the KISS brand for ages, haven't you? How many years? <laughs> so um, I've only ever worked for this company. Yeah. Uh, a month before I was going to go to university, uh, EMAP, as it was, offered me a job and said, uh, don't go to uni, we'll give you your own, your own radio station. As a, as a kid, I always wanted my own station. Never wanted to be a presenter, always wanted my own station. And then I got offered KISS, I think, Three or f- no, it was about five years before I agreed to do it, and I was like, "Why do I want to move to London? I don't know. Why, why come down here? I don't want to move down here. What's going on?" And then, um, kind of overstayed my welcome at Rock FM in terms of, you know, you get itchy feet, like okay, I need to do something else. But I'd, I'd been offered, you know, gracefully some other places in London, some other um, big things, but I turned it down, and, and it was just the right. It just felt right. So in in ninety nine, two thousand came down. Um, I met uh, one of the, the senior management, I think it was in San Francisco, I was at an NAB conference and, and they gave me a document that said Project X on it. And it was all about how KISS needed to get more audience, be, be successful, you know, with respect to where KISS had come, you know, KISS had been in this super well-respected pirate radio station and then got its legal license by, by uh, the audiences rightfully rising up and, and winning the, the, the license. So yeah. I had massive respect for it, but all the young audience were, were listening to Capital. So I had to come in and, and make all the changes and, and, and kind of be that guy, really. Um, but, you know, you had to fundamentally change a lot of things which were not uh, well-liked decisions by some of the, the, yeah. the uh, stalwarts. I think. And how are you at making decisions? I have no issue in terms of uh, the confidence. Um, you know, I, I never, I've never had that problem. You know, I think I, I have the the courage to do that. I think that's important. Um, you know, I, I'd certainly take advice as well. Although, you know, I think I've um, 
I've learned a lot to know when you know, that kind of gut stuff really resonates and you know I've learned a lot to to know when what do you like as a manager and how do you like <laughs> to be managed um I think I'm fair I come in a bit hot sometimes I you know very very aware of it I, I want to get things done um but I you know I think the team would think I'm fair I'm very hands-on mm. which I think can probably be a bit annoying sometimes you know I'll I'll be in amongst it within the music within making stuff I think by the nature of the business the, it's a tight team mm. so you know I'll I'll jump in and you know every day I'm doing something with them and um, I'm trying to delegate more you know I, I think I'm I've got a great set of people around me at the moment my, my you know my team feels good so I'm trying to let them get on with more a few more things what qualities do you look for in your team around you what's what's the common commonality i think we always talk about people who have safe pair of hands okay. you know i think that again because it is a tight team you want to be able to trust and for everybody to trust each other so um you know i love the fact that we've got a real diverse team as well and i thought that's really reflective of both london and, and the uk and, and and what kiss is about so you know we celebrate that and i think that within it you've got different uh, opinions takes on things and and you know trying to also bring that out of people just on you if you like do you keep your eye on other projects other opportunities other jobs yeah you, you know i think everybody should have a side hustle um yeah i you know yeah i, I think i have some non-conflicting right. uh, important to point out um <laughs> side hustles um I just don't, you know, I don't have a lot of time and, yeah. and I think it, yeah, you know, I always kind of think about what do I want to do? Um, you know, I'm very, I love music. I, I love how things, making things work, you know, I, but I like things that necessarily are my, my day job as well. However, my, the job takes up a lot of time. And what do you think you're known for? What, what, are your, what are your traits in a professional capacity? Hopefully, you know, I think I can, I can make things work. Um, I think I've had some good success. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, hopefully I can build something good. I can create good ideas. I can create good brands and, and products. And, um, you know, I've certainly done a lot of those. Have you ever had a mentor? Do you mentor anybody? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, not necessarily for, for my my day job, and I try and help. There's a few people that, um, you know, I think sometimes you end up mentoring, mentoring your team as well. Let's move on to the KISS brand, Andy. I know it's something that you're passionate about. How do you keep KISS fresh as a brand? I think it really helps surrounding yourself with a team that wants to keep things fresh. And I think also the threat of where the audience um, goes, you know, this thing that, that everybody is up against of, you know, never has it been more of an exciting time to be in the media, but never has it been more of a challenging time as well. So that really forces you to, um, to evolve and keep things going. Um, I, you know, I've always tried to move things forward all the time, you know, whether that's the, the, the sound and the look of KISS, you know, kind of the music, the presenters, the DJs. Um, you know, I think also sometimes, though, that can be a downside because you want to run at a million miles an hour, whether, you know, you also have to think about the company objectives as well. And, and sometimes your own personal ambitions exceed that of, of 
your owners sometimes, and I think it's it's you operate within boundaries. So it it's it is that thing where you're just keeping one eye on literally what is going on out there, um, you know, within consumption of media or content or just life that forces you to get, look, we need to still be relevant here. You keep an eye on the competition. Do you, do you know what capital are up to? Do yeah. You, what do you see as competition? Competition, you know, competition is, is anything that pulls ear and eye time or time away from anybody spending it with you. You know, I think it's, it, you can't measure it against brands like Capital Radio. One. Yeah, they are competitors. However, it's the wider thing of if somebody has a device like their mobile, what is pulling them away from, from engaging and listening or watching a piece of your content? Okay. What do you think defines the KISS brand? Do you think it's stuff that you do or stuff that you won't do? Silly example to make a point. There's never been a KISS rocks. Never... <laughs> well, there nearly was. I'll tell, well, I'll tell you that story. Tell me, tell me um, is it defined by things you don't do or things you do? <laughs> I think, you know, I think the good thing about it, it's always been rhythmic. It's always had an energy. You know, I, I, when I put the beat of the UK in there, I think it was always about to be on the pulse, always moving, never standing still reflective of where it had come in terms of being a dance radio station mm. and then the evolution obviously of music and where it went the derivatives of kiss and you know there, there are more there, there are quite a few that we've mapped out that we haven't done mm. you know we are doing three more at the end of july we're going to right. launch uh, and but can you tell us what they are yeah the, you know i think as as we get more of the genre splitting out um there'll be a a, a pure dance version of kiss um, we're, we're doing an Ibiza, if you call it pop-up for the summer, mm. but a bit late on that one. Um, and then there'll be a, a kind of a play thing, which is a garage one. We've seen like garage music come back and forth and all the time. So as a sub-derivative of history, there's, there's an audience to be had there. And um, what's great about all of this stuff is if they are streaming, you know, I'm really thinking about how we generate a certain amount of listening hours every day from yeah. that and keep it within the environment of KISS. Um, KISS rocks. I remember um, I built a format, which I, I, I wrote the Kerrang format originally, um, which we run, weren't as a mm. proper license, but there was a hybrid version which uh, was around at the time when dance music and guitar-based music was kind of merging a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember we, we, we tested it in a few areas uh, and, and ran, I built the radio station, I think we ran it for a couple of months. Um, just to see where we could go with it. So you had like the Chemical Brothers and, and you know, had some mashups in there. You know, I, I'm guilty of doing my first share of uh, mashups in, yeah. in my time. There's a lot of that stuff. So it was quite exciting, but you know, it probably wouldn't be around now, but we, we've definitely toyed in that area. And, and you know, I, I think again, as KISS becomes wider than just the radio brand where it was originally, it, it's like you, you think about where it can play. So just for the listeners, where where does KISS exist? Where does it start and end? And, and what do you see it as? Well, you don't see it as a radio station. No, I have to kind of think a bit more of a, as a, you know, hopefully as an entertainment product. We talk arrogantly of the audience being 15, 16 million each week, you know, which includes, you know, the audio, the video, the experiential um, and socials. Um, so if you're engaging with KISS, but you're coming in just via history, You've got a you know a big radio station there, but you've got a wealth of fifty-two events yeah. uh, in the UK and internationally, international radio stations as well. And what is the visualization of that? So it it's it is that thing where maybe par in a parallel universe to what Bauer is, 
it would be a little bit probably uh, a few more touch points than it does uh, currently now. You know, we have played with the idea of it being a magazine. Mm. Um, we certainly tested that. We published in, internally for um, you know each week to see what that looked like. So. You, you see where you can extend it into when it was right to be a magazine, of course. It's, there's an old radio adage. It may have even been first written about Kiss or Radio 1. I can never remember. But it used to be around um, ratings by day and reputation yeah. by night. Is yeah. the modern equivalent reputation by digital space? <laughs> I think it was reputation by, 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 you know, all the time. Um, I think now, you you know, the gone are the days. This is pretty common sense, but you're not, you're not telling the audience where to consume this stuff, you're allowing them to have more control. And, and so that um, reputation by now, which was kind of the, you refer to as probably the specialist programming, mm. more and more now you're presenting that how and whatever way you want it as the consumer. And you know we're trying to get smarter at the way that we can make it easy for people to find that stuff. So it's really important to the KISS DNA um, doing, if you call it specialist programming. However, you can't just expect that they're going to tune in at a certain point in the evening because traditionally obviously where you put it now you can build you know what are it's kind of podcasting in a way yeah. if you think of it that way um but are you just trying to get smarter the way that you present it in your apps and online and through smart speakers and things like that how beholden are you if you like as an employer or as a representation of the kiss brand to the presenters because I know you've already said KISS is bigger than all of us, yeah. but you've just had a slight refresh of the daytime lineup. Yeah, yeah. You're about to launch a drum and bass show, which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But okay. in, so how, yes. how, how much is the KISS brand lived through the individuals? Because in the age um, where everyone's an influencer, are they going to be bigger than the brand? How's that work? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've never really bought into personality. Mm. You know, I, I certainly don't... Um, go down that route as much. What I really wanted to have with KISS was that you had presenters which were like the audience and representative of both Fun Young London and Fun Young UK. You know, mm. originally it's KISS 100 London. Um, it was all about that. And um, I remember putting Bam Bam and Street Boy together and I'm trying to start something off there. Uh, and then with Ricky Marvin and Charlie. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Ricky Melvin and Charlie. It was just, you know, when we first put those guys in, they were literally coming and doing the show and they were getting the bus home. And, you know, at a time when um, there was a lot of things going on in London, uh, knife crime and people rising up against things, um, being able for them to talk about it as young people it was really important. And I think, you know, having that reflected through the brand, through the presenters and the DJs was important. You know, I, I think, yeah, we, we still have well-respected DJs, you know, in, in the specialist arena, but however, we've really made an effort through projects like the Kiss Chosen One to find super real people. I really don't like seeing people from other brands. You know, I think that's that's been one of my things. Is that something you've ever done? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I, um, I brought Pandora over okay. from Capital. Um, she was very keen to come to KISS. I think she had a certain experience over there. And I think I, I got her to like radio again. Mm. And, and um, you know, and she's gone off and, and done great things now at heart. Um, just, I'm not super keen on it. Unfortunately, in the way that the, the business is um, consolidation, that there's been a lot of people, um, you know, around the country find that they're, they're not in the jobs that they, they were. However, um, 
I've always been super keen to take on people who've never been in the industry because I think you need to bring people through. Yeah. You know, I think that both commercial companies and, and the BBC should be doing that. So when Ricky, Melvin and Charlie, they were your breakfast show presenters for, was it nine years? Yeah, nine, ten nine years. Nine years. Yeah. So that's a long time. When they yeah. say, we're yeah. going to jump ship or yeah. we're going to leave. Yeah. Where's your head go to first? Does it go to a despair or to <laughs> And also tell um, me about the succession. I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell you what happened. Um, first of all, uh, three years ago, we uh, we had a chat with them over. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm first of all, I kind of want to know that is the show fine and are the guys okay? And I'm always thinking, like, does this sound fresh? So I remember three years ago, we had a bit of a chat and a discussion uh, internally over. Look, should we flip the show? Should we move it to the other side of the day? Does it feel like a good going home show? You know, three or seven in the afternoon, mm. something like that. And then um, we just thought, okay, well, we've got a few more legs on it, so we 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 did a, a three-year deal, and that was um, that was the contract. And you know, the guys did a great job. I extended the hour because originally they used to be on six or nine, moved to six or ten to allow us to be measured against everybody else. Everybody else was doing a you know a four-hour show. Um, and then it just, sometimes it just gets to a point where you just think, okay, is, is it running out of steam here? And in the summer, the guys, um, through uh, their agent and themselves, just said, like, you know, we've, we've had an approach. Um, can we talk to you? And we discussed it, you know, quite considerably in terms of, uh, and, you know, we could have a good conversation where they would ask, what do you think? If we move to Radio One in the evening show, what does that mean for us? Um, and then we talked about a few things at Kiss. You know, I was fully um, aware that I might keep two of them, or one of them might decide to go and do other things. So there were all these combinations. So it wasn't too much of a despair. I knew it would come eventually. I think you know you you've got to be made of tough stuff to be able to get up in the morning for nearly ten years, yeah. and also for Kisses. In in terms of the movement of where it is as a, as a brand, it's probably the right thing as well. So. I was going to say, was, not, was there any part of you that thought nine years was too long? But, that, yeah, and I said to you, you know, mm. literally three years before it came to an end, mm. uh, I was you, really actively thinking about mm. where we were. So in the back of your mind, again, you're always building the next thing. So I had some ideas on, on what we were going to do. And um, I think sometimes internally people don't like change as well. You yeah. know, and the audience sometimes doesn't like change. But it just felt right and, and that came at the right time my, my big thing to Ricky Mel and Charlie was just just make sure they look after you mm -hmm. and I said go in their eyes wide open because you know if you think about it, in pure shows getting doing it uh, you might be able to play what you want or do what you want however getting an audience at that time if it really matters to Radio 1 mm. um, is going to be tougher you yeah. know, because you get a Love Island or anything like that it's, it's, it's kind of a, um, a tough time of day to do However, you know, we wish them all the best. We had a great time with them. Yeah. But we got to move on and, and it's, um, you know, that, that was always going to come. And Tom and Daisy, but I should explain for the listeners, Tom and Daisy are now the Kiss Breakfast show yeah. team. Hey, it's Tom and Daisy from Kiss Breakfast and what a week it's been on the show. And were they, they were first choice, there was succession planning in that you'd known from three years. I had, I had Tom on Kiss already mm. uh, in the evening show and I thought for, for, you know, he's a super young guy as well. And, being reflective of, of the the audience that we seek and, and, and want to be like, he was right. You know, the, the task is also with Tom, who is, is a Northern guy, is this how you're accepted um, 
you know, down here yeah. thinking, okay, we're a national brand, but there's a big things to be played in, in, in South. Where do we go with that? So I, I knew he was right, um, but it was just trying to, to make sure on balance that we had a really strong um, female in there. And Daisy was somebody who we had on for music. Mm. And I was really impressed with Daisy in terms of the way that she had this confidence about her, really represented, you know, a really strong woman, great opinions, could hold her own. And, and again, um, it was important that both had equal billing. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's... That again, like we did with Ricky, Marvin and Charlie, or Alex and Andrea, mm. putting everybody on the same level. And there yep. was, uh, you know, whether the, the it's, you know, it, it, it was just so important for Kiss to always do that. And I was really, really keen that it wasn't either one of them's show. It was, you know, the show. What is the male-female split of a Kiss listener? Typically, it's, it is 50 50. I mean, you know, Rajar is Rajar, we love Rajar. However, it is 50 50 on, on okay. that. And I think it's, you know, we pro, you know, in my head, I program a certain way. Um, uh, but it's, it, yeah, it comes in 50 50. Let's talk then briefly, one last thing on Kiss, just on brand safety. Yeah. And obviously KISS is a young brand, you've got KISS on the common. I'm going to be facetious for, to make yeah. a point, but let's say a riot goes off at KISS on the common. Let's say one of your presenters goes off the rails <laughs> and is in every tabloid newspaper. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are a bit moments <laughs> when you've been close to that. I know it's from former KISS presenters, but there you go. So, so what, are, what are the steps that you take as a brand representative and do you have crisis planning? Yeah. How, does, how does that work? Yeah, you know, I, I think this happens all around. Um, yeah, we do. You know, there's, there's risk assessments. Um, there's a lot of work done by the, the events team and the marketing team. Um, it's very thorough. Um, you know, we, we, even when the Kiss Jason won the weekend, um, there was a big process that went through. Um, we have to do that, you know, yeah. totally. I think the great thing about companies as well, um, our own company, um, Bauer, we've got Thrive, which um, deals in health and well-being. You know, this has been an important couple of years in terms of, of that, bringing that really to the forefront with people. So everybody's having a lot more uh, conversation uh, and um, you're spending a lot more time with your team talking about how they are, you know, and the, and the mental well-being. Mm. So you're looking after the audience and making sure the audience have a great and positive experience and a safe experience at the, at the events. And also as your team, um, you're making sure that, that everybody's you know, in good check there as well. And, and then we've also tried to put that out there with the audience in terms of Where's Your Head Out, which is a, a mental health campaign mm -hmm. that we, we worked on, which was about getting a mental health representative in, in every business in the country. So we've taken that to parliament. So it's been a, an important couple of years on that. So Ran has a little bit on your question, but there's, there's on everything that we do, there's, there's a lot of risk, risk assessment and, and, and checks. and and process and you know you'd, uh, you'd see that everywhere sure who matters more i know it's a ridiculous question your listeners or your brand partners because you can't have one without the other. i always kind of i always used to get really angry in the past when um you were kind of, people would talk about the advertisers being more important and um you know you want the advertiser to have a great partnership with you but it's the audience is really important, and we were trying to always make sure. And it goes back to the you know putting the audience, the presenters, the DJs, and the artists, and everybody on the same level, 
and just making sure mm. that, that it was all good. But yeah, the audience, without the audience, you don't have the advertisers. I must say that one thing in my experience of working with Kiss is the one thing that they're brilliant at is integrating a brand's message within the editorial in an authentic way. Yeah, I, I think um, we've always, uh, what's really good and probably one of the best things we did, they, the commercial team plug into me as well. So every, every day at 9.30, I have a commercial meeting where we sit down and we go through all the briefs and, yeah. and I'm responsible for the revenue as well. So that allows you to really work on things. Um, so whether it's a, a you know, great partnership with Coffee and Warehouse, ID Mobile or Direct Line or Subway or a film coming out, um, you can really think about how that's gonna work for the you know the commercial partner but also how for the audience and how you can integrate it properly you know we don't do badging exercises and you know the building golden square has been great you know brands like magic and absolute absolute fantastic on the wick stuff mm. and benson's for beds and magic you know they're, they're all different different types of products but but woven in really nicely and um you know through through the years you learn how to do things yeah. and you know i think the We've just made sure with KISS that we've tried to get close to the commercial partners and understand what they want to achieve. So I really want to sit with the people we work with and understand what they want to get from, from working with us, but also make sure that um, the audience understand and get it and the experience is good and, and it's not overly sold as well. maybe a bit on talent relationships and yeah. whether you uh, stay in touch with talent <laughs> and whether, how friendly you are to talent. Are you the godfather of talent? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, I think we've, we've had a great selection of people come through with KISS. And I think we found really good people um, who have gone on to, 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 to places. Um, I think we give them a good platform. I think we work well with them. Um, whether you come from an initiative like the Kiss Chosen One again, or you know, Clara Anfo, for example, we worked in the Kiss office, and she was um, she had this great you know passion for music, and, and would tell you what she thought about stuff. You know, you'd get heckled by Clara, mm. and um, I remember one day it was just like, all right, this girl's got a really good attitude and great voice. Let's go and put her in the studio and let's demo her. And to her credit. Um, you know, she is where she is now. Yeah. And, uh, but that type of thing is really great to see. And, you know, if we can do more and more of that. So, it would, you know, I think it's, it's really down really to the individual and what they aspire to do. However, if we can help them on that. But, um, yeah, you know, whether it's Ricky Melvin, Charlie or Clara Ampho or Tiffany Calvo, you know, there's a lot of people who've gone on to, to other places, but yeah. as well as a lot of people who've stayed within KISS. However, yeah. you can't be on KISS forever. No, um, so, yeah, you know, I think the, the team that I got now also work well with talent, but I'm, you know, hopefully I'm approachable. I can I'll certainly tell you what I think as well. And mm. um, yeah, I can, I can get fed up as, as, as quickly <laughs> as I can love talent, but I think, um, yeah, I, 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 th I think probably the evidence is in probably what we've 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 got and what we've had in the past as well. Let's come to the final section of the conversation. This is the rocket fuel section. This is about things that you've learned or things that you've experienced that yep. our listeners can take away to use in their day day jobs, in their daily lives, in their work. What's the one thing you know about young audiences? Well, I think the the 
we spoke about this as we were just starting, the confidence is there. Um, and there's a real, they are kind of more and more the decision makers, both in maybe in their family. Um, you know, you've seen that with Generation Z in a way. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, I'd say that the confidence and the, um, there's a different desire to work. Uh, you know, there's a little bit more um, relaxed in a way, but this, this, this kind of passion and, and this, um, yeah, the desires are, are slightly different now, which is, sorry. No, no, no. And, and you see that confidence through the Kiss Chosen One, which is an initiative you run yeah. every year I to find new talent. You, you, yeah, you see that when you meet them. You see that um, in the audience through their socials or, you know, at events or through people in work experience. But the, yeah, the, the Kiss Chosen One initiative, which is really, I wanted to find a different way of, finding presenters mm. and finding talent both, you know, in front of the microphone, camera or behind the scenes and by sitting in a glass box in a, a massive shopping center for a couple of days, <laughs> you try and see as many people as possible mm. or we would do, you know, online auditions or whatever. But it was just more and more as the evolution of social media happened, you saw that, um, you know, the great individuality that everybody had, but the confidence, you know, especially in the girls, the, the super confident and, um, you know, don't know what the role models are, but mm. that thing, whether social media brought that on positively or negatively, you know, mm. you're seeing a lot of that as well. But yeah, I think there's a big sea change in the last couple of years. There's so much more talk about brand purpose. Um, what, what do you think is important to young audiences? And That's a good question. I think, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, we can overthink what KISS is about. Uh, you know, you can overthink it, it, but also we've been trying to understand what audiences want, what can we give back, what can we help with, and how can we present different initiatives. But, um, you know, that comes staying into social responsibility, I guess. Yeah. You know, so I think we're, we're more and more thinking about what is KISS life, the, the social responsibility, the brand that can come into money, you know, and, and all these horrible issues such as knife crime and, mm. and trying to show the voice of the UK back at the audience and, and rise up for the right things beyond a music playlist. Yeah. You know, so what, what's been interesting is the evolution of the KISS content in a way where trying to, if the DNA is still music, what is all this other stuff that builds around it, which can be a little bit more deeper and, and more responsible? You know, and how do we present that? Because it's very hard to come off the back of songs and suddenly get serious. So, yeah. you know, we're trying to trying to think about how do we present that in the right way and get it to the audiences really clearly, but also use the audience as well, rather than us be preaching all the time. Sure. What do you think will change in how young audiences behave next? Uh, I think, again, you know, for us, it's the, the concern on consumption, you know, um, and what does that become? If your relationship by a kiss is just by your timeline, what is that? You know, is it short form, long form video content? And, or is it, does this kiss suddenly become more about experience and the audio part of it is just over here? And, you know, so just thinking about maybe the, the platform dynamics are gonna change a bit. Okay. And which brands do you think get it right when talking to young audiences? And which brands do you think get it wrong? Wow. <laughs> 
things coming out, don't they? I think, you know, we're always kind of a fan of complex. I think they've got some good um, content pieces in there and the way they do that. I think it, you could say about artists as well, mm. you know, artists are brands and, and you look at the way that they successfully can launch their product, but also their initiatives. There are some artists that are massive that get it wrong, um, but some are small and get it right. And, and you know, we're always doing a lot of analysis on, on that type of thing of, okay, where's this come from and what, what are they saying and how can we learn from that as well? So I know I scheduled around your question, but I think there's, That's there's, fine. there's probably a lot of those. And then the final question is, if you had to give one takeaway for everyone <laughs> listening, one key kind of nugget, one key piece of insight, what would it be? Insight? I, th I think no, one nugget might be work-life balance. Okay. Um, I think that's... Um, for I, you personally or yeah, for the team around you? I think more and more. I think we've done a lot of work internally as a company over... Um, you know, work-life balance. And I think that, that as you're growing up, it doesn't really resonate as much, but um, you know, I think you get to a point where you just go, it, 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 life, life experience is, is more important and, and life is more important than maybe work. However, it's important to do a good job. This is shit advice, I know, but you know, <laughs> I know. but it's just as I'm, as I'm kind of realizing to probably my own cost, it's yeah, get a bit more balance in there and, and um, yeah, I think it's, you can't do everything. Jumping around, and this may go back in the KISS section, you're actively involved in the programming outputs, yeah, now, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. So you will, you will literally mix during the I, um, time. My work day, yeah, I, I get in at 7.30. For an hour, I'll, I'll mix that blooming history hour, mm. um, which does pretty well. I, I find it funny that it's probably one of the biggest hours in radio. Mm. Um, um, so... Yeah, I, I have my Pro Tools on my laptop and- uh, Do you do it every day? Yeah. And do you know when you've had a good day and know when you've had a <laughs> People tell me. I, I go on social, it's, I, what I find funny is that the, um, the audience will react in a certain way to it and I, I find smile. I don't, you know, it's just, the reason why I do it, I, I started doing it about three years ago because you have a, you know, you have a head of music, you have a music schedulers and this was about me trying to get, if I could guarantee that I could get a great audience for that hour, that, that would contribute to the rage art, you know, and I could yeah. do the audience figures. And to ask that on top of the music schedule and the head of music to do that. Because um, I, I remember I, I, I came up with history maybe, oh God, was it about eight, nine years ago? Maybe a bit longer than that. And it's nearly died a few times where we're just going, okay, where does this go? And then, I just thought, actually, if we put it at 11 o'clock, or it was, I think it used to be at nine o'clock, then we put it at 11 o'clock, and then Twitter suddenly came to fruition. I thought, okay, well, if we do that, then we could create a moment. And it's kind of like the golden hour. Mm. When you really, really think about it, it's like one of those things. Yeah. Um, or top 10 of 10. Mm. But I thought the trick would be to mix it, um, because, which is retrospectively quite stupid, because it takes a lot of time to do. <laughs> but then it just puts a bit of a, a take on it. And we went through, I was like, you know, you're sitting in, not that I'm sitting in bars and clubs all the time, but you, you're seeing how music is consumed and it's just like verse chorus. So I thought, okay, if I do that, I might be onto something here. And I'll, if I try and get all the genres in, I might be on, on, onto it. So I'd started doing it. And as an example to the team, like, like this is what we want to do, whatever. And then you end up classically, you end up doing it because you end up doing it yeah. and, and three years down the line you're like okay i should be delegating this and i'm trying boy boy am i trying to delegate this thing 
because it takes it takes about 45 50 minutes to do a six minute chunk and um, is it an education piece for young audiences or is it for old gravers like me that's, no I don't, it's, what, it no it's 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 a um, it's trying to kind of i think what we did with history i think we created a moment where there was a real love of old school and anthems mm. again, both with the younger audience discovering these songs handed down through, you know, the parents' films, whatever, soundtracks, mm. and then the older end. And that, that KISS version of it, the 11 a.m. version, not the station, but the 11 a.m. Mm. version was more a case of, can we keep it still quite young and, and provide an interesting hour? And can we get enough audience galvanized listening for an hour? And it's about building listening hours. Mm. So... Let's go back to it. Yeah, 7.30, get in, do that. Um, clear by 8.30, quarter to nine-ish. Then I have, um, I'll probably eat some food. Then I have a commercial meeting. Um, and then for that, three quarters of an hour, do that. And then, you know, like today, I had a meeting um, about uh, the Kiss Chosen one, the second part of that, how are we going to run that? Then I had, we have a team huddle where I'll have a quick 10 minutes where we set the agenda for the day with the team. We talk about, um, you know, what do we need to do? What do we got coming up? And that's literally just done in the office, you know, kind of like, let's be careful out there. Mm. Thing, you know, but, you know, you've got all this, this and this happening. You know, let's make sure this is on social. This is, um, um, you know, this is coming up. This artist is in. And then we have an 11 o'clock meeting with the, the wider team, which we talk specifically about a few things. And then... Um, yeah, it, it kind of goes on whatever. I have a quick chat about music and we do a few music playlists. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I even kind of wrote some scripts today and I'll sit down with the imaging guys and, and um, we'll go through some imaging and then have a management meeting. And are you any good at switching off? No. You, no, fine. Which so is really bad. Emails all the time. Yeah, you know, and I think that <laughs> you have to, with the team, it's funny because like some of them are on whatsapp some yeah. of them are on slack some of them are on email yeah. and but no i'm uh, i'm trying to get better at it but um you know i'll I'll do a couple of hours of work at home in the evening and and um you know when you're on holiday doing emails is different but it, it's yeah I, i'm yeah i, I can't turn off I'm, I'm kind of like it's not good i don't <laughs> but, but it's gotta it happen like you should need your own work-life balance <laughs> yeah this is this is a big thing i'm trying to work on i'm gonna ask one more thing only because i'm fascinated by the question i don't know where it will go in the edit but um one question i'm meant to ask is and we touched upon it briefly is how much of london is in the brand dna because oh, yeah, okay. it started life as a london pirate station then it yeah. became a london fm station now you're talking to the entirety of the uk but yeah. there's a london uplight to listening you're yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, it comes back to the sticks on the ground. You know, there's still an element of listening done on FM. Um, you know, a big love, obviously, of, of KISS in the South, given the bit of heritage, however, and a bit of mass. Um, its DNA is in there. A bit of music is in there. You know, sometimes certain types of music have been um, kind of drawn out of the city. However you've got to really think now of the platforms like smart speakers and DAB of how around the country it's been consumed. And again, it, it's, it's a battle of brands now. So, you know, it's about just making this an entertainment brand wherever, um, you know, the, the South is super important to KISS in terms of obviously it has a lot of listeners there. Um, but we're always thinking about because the makeup of, of the UK is so different now. Um, and you can hear anything wherever 
from wherever. Um, that it, it's just more a case of how does this sound in terms of the quality throughout. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting the evolution of it. When we, you know, I was kind of worried about it when we when we combined Kiss 101 or Vibe mm-hmm. 101 and, and 105. And that's when we put that the, was the station in Bristol. Yeah, so the the um, the Kiss One One frequency over uh, over there in the west and and, and the east with Kiss One Five to One Eight. When we first put Ricky Melman and Charlie on there, and mm. how, how that would work, um, you know, as you're trying to be more efficient as a business and, and put that one output across everywhere and then nationally, and, and it was just more a case of, right, get the music right. Don't be too London centric in terms of what you're talking about. And there, the programming output was subtly changed. There was a meeting with Ricky Melvin and Charlie to say, look, you're broadcasting to other territories now. It needs yeah. tweaking. Yeah, we needed to, we tried to, um, you know, you're trying to introduce them to that audience in that mar- in that area, in that market. So we using that, uh, I remember, I think we, we used the existing KISS 105 breakfast show to introduce Ricky Melman and Charlie and then moved it over. Um, I'm probably making it sound better than it probably actually did happen at the time. <laughs> but um, you know, you're also dealing with talent then that was probably gonna uh, move on from, from KISS 105 yeah. as well. So it was, it, was, it was tricky, but just making sure that some of the content was, you know, even, even today it's like, okay, if you're gonna talk about the tube, explain and make it relevant to the rest of the North and, and um, you know, we're always thinking about even even I'd say to Tom and Daisy all the time, or some presenters of, of don't assume people know who these people are. Mm-hmm. You know, always explain who this celebrity is or who this artist is, or tell the story. You know, constantly tell the story. Yeah, and we get it right most of the time, but sometimes you have to kind of go to like, who who is this person? You know, tell me. You know, explain to the audience. What do you think? Sorry, it's only because I find it interesting. What do you think about the direction commercial radio is going in? This need for nationalized brands versus local brands i mean kiss has been a single brand yeah. for a long time and, yeah and there have been brand spin-offs but what about i suppose the death of truly local radio i think there's still space for local radio um you know i truly do i think there's there's i think there's the in amongst all of this there's some business efficiencies mm. you know i think that's the thing and, and what's quite ironic is that as the needs for content increase, you're having to put things back into the business and put people back in. And I think that's that's quite interesting, mm. um, you know. Um, but yeah, not to, to scare around your question, I think, I think there's, there is a space for, for both, but I think, you know, you're trying to cr- create things for an audience, but also a cohesive plan for advertisers as well. And I think the Global did a great job with, with Heart um, you know, you could understand what heart was and now you can understand what capital is. We're trying to go, do a good job with the hits. We've got some good initiatives with Scala, you know, Kiss was there and Magic and Absolute and all this. But um, I think, yeah, there, there is a space for local, but what is that? Where does that sit now and how do you get it? I think the, the I think technology dictates a lot of it, you know, smart speakers are the new radio in a way. And, mm. and that's the... That's the fantastic thing in the last 12 months of what we'll look at the change on that. And, and that's the thing we've got to get our heads around as, as broadcasters as well as, you know, Amazon can turn off that tap as much mm. as allow you to be on it. And so the, the, this, this thing is changing all the time, but dictated more and more by technology and consumers. 
Okay. Let's finally... Finally, where can people find you? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they <laughs> I've got this really vanilla presence on social media and um you have rather i, I do and feed i know it is just it. boring i i can't I, I try to have a bit of hiatus because i'd love to be able to tweet and post what i think mm. but that just gets you it yeah it's getting you in a bad place and okay. and there's just no point so i have you know i have some work accounts which are under real bad name of radio andy which i, I you know i should change the multimedia andy i guess <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it, it's in there um there's not a lot going on, yeah. um, but it's, it's, you know, I've been good not to, I just, I've never wanted to be on Facebook. I haven't, you know, I have a login account, but mm. I've never, I don't use Facebook. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of have all the platforms to understand how the platforms work, sure. but um, you know, I've got nothing to say. I'm not one of these guys who, you know, I might be privileged to go to places, but I'm not the guy doing the selfie with the artist or, you know, on the beach or whatever. That's not my thing. Fine. Nice. Good. Andy, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Really good to chat. It. Thank you. I hope you agree. That was a great chat. Fascinating conversation. A really awesome guest. If you enjoyed it, let us know. Um, you can get in touch with us across all socials at We Are Rocket or with me directly at James Erskine on Twitter. For more, Tune in next week. Uh, we're still in our first season. We're still kind of evolving what we're going to try and do. We know that we want to learn from people in the youth culture, youth marketing space to establish what their rocket fuel is. Give us a five-star review, share the podcast, and tune in again next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>